So uh, welcome to anyone who has joined us on um, ACB Media 6. And let me just quickly explain why this meeting is working a little bit differently than we usually have worked. It's really to accommodate one of our guests. So um, in the first, um, we reviewed the agenda and uh, set that all up. And I'll come back and, and just very quickly give you a little bit of information there. But then we um, went into executive session to hear from our uh, investment firm represented by um, Mike Dixon. And um, he gave us an overview of the market and a little bit of overview on uh, ACB's investments. No uh, motions were uh, or taken or no actions were taken at all. No motions, no decisions made. It was just purely informational. At the end of this meeting, we are going back to executive session. We didn't want to have Mike come at some indetermined time. So uh, at, the begin at the end, we will resume the executive session and continue our discussion in preparation for the budget review, which will happen over the next couple of weeks. So this is kind of the middle part and uh, welcome to this part. Um, we had the roll call and the only board member missing um, is Doug Powell, who is traveling home. No, from... he's here. Oh, are you there? He's okay. He's here now. All right. There now. Okay. I'm My... now. I got All him. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> and we, okay. And are we I'm, recording? Are we recording? Yes, anything? we are. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yes, you. yes, we are. Uh, so, yes, Doug is now here. And are you still on your road from Phoenix? I am. I'm in uh, San Antonio, Texas right now. Okay. So you Doug, might want to stay there. It's cold here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Deb, I, I did yes. hear the recording come back on. I, uh, I did. Yeah. It's, did somebody do yeah. it didn't ask me to accept it or anything. You don't have to. The Once second. you've accepted it the first uh, time, you're good. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted yeah. to make sure. So we, yeah. we should be good. Um, yes. So anyway, basically, uh, yes. So, um, we, um, do not have any minutes, uh, this evening because they were not ready in time. We will be approving those minutes during the January 11th budget meeting. So, um, that's how that will go. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to continue on now with the active agenda. There were no uh, changes to the agenda as posted. So the next item on the agenda is the mission moment. And this evening we are commending the uh, third annual AD Awards Gala, um, our AD Awards Gala Committee did an outstanding job creating, communicating, producing, and raising funds uh, for ACB. And special thanks to uh, so many people, but uh, Tabitha Kinlan, Kim Charlson, uh, Carl Richardson, Joel Snyder, Rick Morin, Gabriel Lopez-Cafati, Clark Rockfall, I miss Clark already, uh, JoLynn Bailey-Page, Colby Garrison, Jeff Tom, uh, Doug Roland and our industry partners for all of these contributions. So it was marvelous. Dan, comments from you. You were really in the thick of it. Well, thank you, Deb. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to really uh, our entire ACB team that really came together under very difficult circumstances. We had a a screen actors guild strike we had a writer strike mm -hmm. so we really had you know very little opportunity to get some of the 
celebrity star power we've been able to get in the past because they were all prohibited from participating in any um, in any activities during the strike. And so uh, the the committee was very resourceful and creative. We came up with directors, with people who wrote original manuscripts for mm-hmm. material that later got turned into screenplays and and um, you know, just really, um, I think, came together. Uh, we had our best year of fundraising with our sponsors for the gala ever. I think we're mm-hmm. right now at like around $132,000 wow. in revenue, which is fantastic. So thanks to all the resource development folks and all of our team members that reached out. And it was just, I think, uh, a really collaborative effort. Our producer, Doug Rowland, just did an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, we got to do it again at 30 Rock, and it really gives it a, you know, some cachet that we, we do the videoing right there, uh, you know, in, in the heart of one of the media capitals of the world. And, uh, it just, uh, it really flowed well this year. I thought that we had good, uh, People's Choice Awards, Kim and, and her team did an amazing job of getting all the videos in for that. You, you would be shocked to understand sometimes the number of sign-offs that take place just to get a 30-second <laughs> clip yeah. uh, to be able to be aired. I mean, I'm, I'm talking in one, I think we had 15 or more sign-offs from one of the major corporations to get to play the clip. I mean, so there's a lot of logistic works that goes into it. And then Really special shout out to Gabriel Lopez Cafati and mm-hmm. Victor, uh, uh, Maria Victoria Diaz and DeCapta and all the work everybody did to put a truly full length presentation in Spanish. And we were able to mm-hmm. run concurrently an English version and a Spanish version of the gala. And uh, at least on opening night, we had more people on YouTube in Spanish than we had in English, which I think was an amazing statement for the work that that uh, committee put together. So I just yeah. want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, and be happy to turn it over to other board members mm-hmm. who participated mm-hmm. for their thoughts. But mm-hmm. thank you so much for all your hard work. Certainly. Any comments from board members? All right. Well, any it idea, was, any Gabriel, idea. don't be shy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> any idea how much we raised from the gala? Uh, I think it was 132000 30, Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. No, I just was, uh, uh, we, we, uh, enjoyed it here now. <laughs> it was, I wasn't clear how to find the English version of you on YouTube, oh. but I found the Spanish one. Um, and so, okay, I said, okay, I got to go to ACB media so that I can <laughs> enjoy it. But I yeah. thought, I thought, I thought Mary Lee and, um, uh, the other young lady that was working Conchita with her, Hernandez. Conchita, yeah. Conchita Hernandez, yeah. were very, they were very good. amazing together, weren't they? They really yeah. were, and it just yeah. like it was just really. I mean, they're professionals, but still, it yeah, was. Yeah, but uh, but they, you know, they had not known each other. I mean, they knew of ah. each other, but they had not known each other in advance. So this discovery that they'd actually gone to the same high school. Um, wow was was kind of bonding for them you could tell and yep. and really was able we were able to you know play that in for the script and tabitha did such a great job working with the scripting and changing things on the fly as needed and and uh, all, all that yeah, but i thought a, they were just great 
it was a great production. It really was. It was very, very enjoyable to listen to and uh, yeah. all that. Yeah. No. Yeah, was I was crazy. being shy. You're right. But I, I have to say that um, the uh, as I shared with uh, other committees and groups, the audio description, Gail, at, at, at least the Spanish portion, was not only the actual uh, first time, but it was also instrumental in, in, in you know, there, there were other side effects, good side effects of, of doing this. Uh, I think we solidified uh, a very, very solid relationship and collaboration with the CAPTA, uh, both technically and, and promotional efforts. Uh, and we, you know, we're working in developing, now that we have the offering, we're working on developing the community of people who benefit mm -hmm. from Spanish content. Um, and, you know, as was proven with the numbers, um, I think Maria, Cap Maria Victoria from Decapta had mentioned over 800 people on, on their side uh, listening in on Spanish. So, um, you know, YouTube, um, mm -hmm. and, and I know, I'm sure as the numbers roll in, we'll, we're going to see how many people are really enjoying uh, the efforts of, of creating Spanish content. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I just remember one of those was Ray who couldn't find the English version. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and I agree with you, Ray. It wasn't exactly easy. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Excellent. Any hey, other any addition? Kenneth? Sure, Kenneth. Hey, yeah. Uh, I really didn't enjoy the portion where we could actually see on my Amazon Fire TV, big screen, YouTube mm -hmm. uh, presentation was so professional as it was last year. Uh, and it's a professional awards gala, you know, yes. just like any other award show. I'm looking forward to it one day being televised on national television. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Thank you so this much. Is, this right. is Terry. I just Terry. suggested just a quick question. Who was it that did the audio description for ACB as ourselves, like the list of the nominees and that? It wasn't Joel. I couldn't figure no. out whose voice that was. <laughs> oh, um, yes. Uh, Kim could tell you a little bit more about him. She did the research to find uh, Rin. Yeah. His name was Rick? Rin. I believe it was Rin. But Sorry, it's no, Rin. Rin, Rin Leach. Yeah. Yeah. He's yes. a blind audio describer. Oh. And, um, and we found him through a couple of the audio description production companies. Uh, I specifically wanted to have us use a male describer voice because we had two female co-hosts and I thought yeah. it would complement things so that people could really tell when they were listening to who the was description. Who? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ren, yeah. Ren was our, our voice talent and he was super excited, thrilled to be a part of it. You know, we pay the describer and he said, oh, don't pay me so much. I'm so excited to do this. I said, well, oh. people hardly ever ask that. So <laughs> he was he was thrilled to be a part. That's of it. really neat. That's what that it is. That's really yeah. cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. OK. Um, so now we're down to um, my report. And um, my number one headline, um, as everybody pretty much does know, um, is that I will be having surgery tomorrow, have to be at the hospital at uh, 6.15 a.m. So if we meet long enough, I can just stay up and go. 
but I have to um, I have to stop by uh, midnight my time because that's when the eating stops. So, <laughs> um, so I do expect to be um, off the grid for a few days, um, and um, with a limited, uh, pretty well off the grid this week, and then. Um, uh, limited participation uh, on during the week of the fourth, and some of that will depend on when I transition from uh, the hospital to skilled nursing and how the internet is. So uh, there, there's some of those factors in there as well. So um, if I am not at various committees or whatever it is, because um, I simply can't be at that point um, for the board meeting for the fourth, I'm going to be asking uh, David to lead that meeting. I hope to be there. Um, that will be the first, the revenue side of the budget discussion. Um, it's usually the easier side, um, but um, I, I do expect to be there, but I would like to not be leading the meeting just because um, I, I don't know when I might be interrupted. I don't know what other, and they come around and take your temperature or something, you know. <laughs> so, um, and all in favor say, ah. So, um, so basically, um, you know, yeah. So basically, um, so I, I do expect to have um, a, a little bit of a downtime and some break. Um, but please, um, the, all of the uh, committee chairs are on board with the work they're doing. Uh, staff are on top of um, the support they're providing and the work they're doing. So uh, there shouldn't be uh, any need to hunt me down. But if you if you do have one, uh, please um, uh, text or email. Please don't call. I'm going to take my phone, but I'm going to try to avoid uh, being on that. Um, as soon as I uh, come up for air and figure out my logistics, I will uh, absolutely advise everyone and I will uh, start uh, being everywhere that I should be. But I appreciate your help with all of that. So as I mentioned, uh, on December 4th, we will have the revenue portion of the budget um, meeting. And on December 11th, we will have the um, uh, the expense side of the budget um, Actually, the uh, fourth will be the revenue and the convention budget, and then uh, the 11th will be the regular budget expense side. Those will be executive sessions, so um, there will not be um, streaming or whatever of, of those two meetings. Um, we will then have a board meeting on uh, January 30th. That will be a Zoom meeting. Um, and we will uh, not have mega staff reporting at that meeting because that's not really due till March, but we will certainly like tonight have some reporting and some other things that we'll need to be talking about by then. So, um, so those are, um, then the March 2nd, we will have the board meeting, uh, for the DC leadership conference. And so that's the, the plan for those things. Um, so you can, um, mark your calendars for all of that. And Nancy will be sending out, um, the Zoom invites and the calendar things so that we can hold all those dates. Um, and I appreciate everybody's indulgence, especially with all these dates right now. I know it's wreaking absolute havoc with the committees between that and the holidays, et cetera. Um, I, it, it's a big challenge. So I do appreciate everybody's efforts there. Yeah. Um, yes. Jan yeah. January 13th at 7 Eastern. January, January 30th, 7th, 
seven o'clock Eastern. I would or, or eight uh, o'clock Eastern. It's it. We probably need to be at eight. Okay. Thank you. Um, because we do have um, a couple of people who are still um, working somewhere. And so um, appreciate everybody coming early tonight, but I think we'll need to be at eight. Um, um, yes. At which meeting will the budget or is it at all reported at a public meeting what the decisions of the board have been? Is there a time that we move to adopt it? I apologize if I should know. Uh, we will move to adopt it during those meetings, and um, the the pub the public learns kind of the the large outcome of the budget, but not all of the. We do not actually publish the budget. So, uh, for example, we do have uh, committees who have uh, made budget requests, and when the but when the board uh, lets uh, lets us know about the approval or lack thereof or modification of those, then I will be notifying those committees um, of those impacts, and uh, we'll be doing those kinds of things. But otherwise, um, except for as it impacts any particular committee, uh, we don't report out budget detail is adopted even though it's executive session yes yes it will be adopted yeah. okay um yeah yes. motion motions have to be adopted in public session yeah so um, yeah yeah but we that. will we will we will um we'll be able to well what we would probably have to do is close the executive session and adopt it but there won't yes. be we're not going to stream it sure um, but yeah, we will for protocol. We will adopt it. Yeah, in, in. that was that was um, the question. That was yeah. the question. Okay. Yeah. Um, Madam President, just to let um, you, David, and everybody else know, um, for next Monday's meeting, uh, you, you will see me on my phone. I'm coming in one tap mobile. I'll be on a train, oh, and I am in be going through some areas where uh, data networking can be a little funky. So sure. Yeah. So you'll be in and out and that's okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for letting us know. Yeah. No problem. Madam yeah, President, Kurt. this is Doug. Doug. I just wanted, I wanted to clarify something. Uh, you said the minutes were not available for this meeting and would that's then correct. be taken up. At, I, I thought I heard you say January 11th that I am. No, it's, it's December. December 11th. It's December 11th. If I thank said you. January, I misspoke. Right, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. At that meeting, we we could have done them at the fourth or the eleventh, but we need time to 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 format and et, and uh, edit them and prep them and whatevering them. And so um, I wanted to. It doesn't make any difference. So um, so the eleventh is is more conducive for everyone. So it is December eleventh. Yeah. Uh huh. Any other uh, questions about uh, the calendar? All right, so um, the next item that I wanted to talk about is, and I was going to actually send it out to you. Um, I did not do so, um, but I can summarize it, um, I, I hope, effectively for you. Um, so CCLVI, Council on Citizens Low Vision International, um, uh, has passed a resolution um, in response to the discussions that we had at the January 
or whatever. No, I wasn't. September. See, I'm really goofed up. September 30th board meeting where we had the discussion of the demographics. Are you on anesthesia already? I think I'm on something. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm on total distraction is what the problem is. Um, So uh, anyway, the uh, September 30th board meeting where we had the discussion of the demographics and they expressed uh, some concern at that meeting regarding um, how we expressed the demographics um, related to vision because um, our our collection data collection has included asking if people are um, basically blind or low vision or sighted and so they were concerned that we should break that down further and they requested uh, through resolution that we um, consider breaking it down uh, the recommendation in the resolution was that we break it down to uh, blind, legally blind, and um, and visually impaired or low vision uh, being at the class above sort of legally blind um, and sighted. So um, actually, based on the discussion that uh, staff and I heard at the September board meeting, we have already modified our demographics to include uh, the concept of, and remember that with the other um, demographics, we use the term that basically you identify as. So it's how you see yourself, not especially in this case, how a medical provider sees you. So um, we have changed it already to indicate um, that I identify as blind, I identify as low vision, or identify as sighted. Um, and we would like to... Um, uh, and and the board doesn't need to um, uh, particularly approve that change because you've approved the the demographic data collection and we've made tweaks on it over time um, and we don't ask the board to necessarily approve all of those. Um, but be, uh, so when I went back and I asked uh, Zelda Gephardt who sent me the resolution on behalf of CCLVI um, if they were uh, significantly uh, tied to or concerned with having two separate low vision categories, a category for legally blind and a category for sort of uh, low vision or visually impaired. And she said that no, she did not believe that they were necessarily tied to that notion, um, that they had actually picked up that language from the survey that the employment committee had done. So, um, that she thought that it, you know, would be acceptable to CCLVI if we just included uh, the low vision, and she was certainly, you know, interested that 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 would be that that we would do that, and we have already done that. So basically, um, what I am kind of here to the, talk to the board about is whether the board is okay with uh, what I've already done, or whether the board wants the demographic. Uh, changed to include the two categories of low vision. We actually, um, from my perspective, we don't need that breakdown of data. It doesn't mean much to most people. It doesn't mean anything to our funders. And um, so I, it'll be hard enough. It's hard enough to collect data now, as we know. So, um, uh, but I do think we would value, I think we do value the idea of breaking down uh, because our our um, organization traditionally has been um, typically um, more 
blind than low vision than the population is. I don't know how to say that in a better way, but the population tends to be overall more low vision people, especially these days, but our population still tends to be very lower vision or totally blind. So, um, so as that demographic changes over time, uh, we should be tracking it and we should be knowing about it and it could impact um, programs and service delivery. So, um, uh, I just wanted to bring this to the board's attention and make sure the board is okay with um, the way we're going to go about doing this. Madam President. Jeff. And after Jeff, David, please. And then, uh, Don, then Donna after. Uh, Jeff I'll be I, I think that it's totally appropriate the way you're doing it. It, it is the least confusing method mm -hmm. of, of gathering this data. Um, any other way would cause, I think, um, difficulties for some people and all and that's not what we want to have happen. right 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 yeah and that's one of the reasons too why we're very clear on wanting to put this in the i identify we're not asking you to go out and get a medical exam and demonstrate to us that you do or don't have the right amount of vision so um uh and most uh service delivery there are exceptions uh but much of service delivery now is actually based on whether you have a functional vision loss as opposed to precisely what your charts are saying so um you know it would be in keeping with all of that let's see who was david was next yeah two things uh I, first of all i totally agree with you uh but the, there are two issues uh one is it's going to have to really be pushed down not just to the state, but to the local affiliates where this data is really collected. And secondly, uh, there could be an issue now. Uh, we do require our affiliates to be 51% blind, which is includes legally blind. So mm -hmm. is, is that going to impact that at all as far no, as the way it, we it, No, because unless the affiliate is 51% sighted, um, that's not, doesn't matter because we're not we're not judging whether people are legally blind or not, and we're not you collecting this data to beat up our affiliates about their membership. So, um, it, it, we are wanting to know: Do you have you know Do you have a significant vision impairment? I mean, people go back and forth between legally blind and not being. It, depending on their eye condition uh, a lot and and i've seen some kind of ugly things happen over that myself so i i i want to stay out of that yeah i want to stay out of that so uh, i believe that what this organization cares about is knowing whether or not you do have a, a vision impairment yeah, I'm, I'm good. I just wanted to point it out yeah, because I yeah, knew it had come yeah. up. Uh, matter of fact, it come up in our affiliate and it come up in yours. And yes, and it did. Those are the two I know of. <laughs> yes, it so. did. Yes, it did. Yes, <laughs> and and the answer is I. It, we are not collecting this data to bludgeon individuals or affiliates. All of the data that we collect is to better the organization, to help our organization understand who our members are and, and therefore what their, um, what their needs might be based on various characteristics. And in some cases, it can be fundraising for us, uh, particularly when we're reaching out to certain cultures or groups of people um, that there might be funding that we can attract related to projects we might do there. But um, in this case, it you know right now we're we're just collecting the data on 
blind and sighted. So we're still not differentiating anything about that. And so now all we're going to do is separate demographically. Do you see yourself as ever how you define, uh, you know, those terms? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Donna, I believe, was yeah. next. Yeah. Um, basically, I, I was going to say the same thing as Jeff did. Okay. But uh-huh. also, you know, now when you have just blind and sighted, you know, some of those people who really are low vision don't consider themselves blind. So oh, sure. Consider right. So I think having this yeah. in the middle. You think they'll you fess know, up? It, okay. Yeah. Well, well not, <laughs> some some would be a little bit more, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But I, yeah. I think, I, I don't think we need both a legally blind and no, a, no, no. And a yeah. so less is more. So. Sure. Okay. And there was someone after Donna and I've forgotten who that yeah, was. With Terry. Terry. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, basically, I'm agreeing with with uh, David on this. I do think that by doing it quite the way we are, we are, um, we are ignoring our own constitution and the fifty one percent issue. Because even with the identify as low vision, I myself, yes, technically I am legally blind, but I have always identified as low vision as opposed to totally blind. So That's, right yeah. there alone. That's gonna. That's it's going to skew our numbers, and that's just something that we do need to keep in mind because that is in our constitution that we do have to be the fifty-one percent. Yes, and legally by, blind, by but we're not name, collecting that data here. We're not collecting data about legal blindness, so it will not we skew. Are, and we are. We are still collecting the information as to whether or not our organization is being run by 51% of the population of the membership. But it's all blind people included in that, not just the legally blind, but it's legally blind, low vision and blind included in that word and in our constitution. It's right. Unless, unless on this, unless on this demographic, you had 51% cited, you would not have any issue here. Except that a significant number, as you pointed out, a significant number of people who have a, a visual impairment are not blind and do not necessarily identify as blind. And that was one of the issues that brought this up to begin with in CCLVI. Right. right. Because the CCLVI membership mm-hmm. requirement is not um, it, is, it covers people who sure. um, fall into the better than mm-hmm. legal blindness issue. Sure. I just think that it's something that I think yeah. you're wrong as far as the Constitution is concerned, but I that's my one point on okay. it. Sure. Other than that, I think it's better than, it's certainly better than what we've had. Yeah. And so again, this is about how I identify. It is not about the medical data. So if we believe that we have a problem, we would have to collect medical data. I doubt we're going to do that, but but that's the only way we could prove this because it's how I identify myself. And and you know, I I've thought about that in in my own terms because um my vision has changed just a little, not that much. It wasn't very good, right? It wasn't very much of it, but there was a tiny bit. And I might have chosen to put myself as low vision, but now because I've lost 
most of that due to cataracts, I would probably put myself as blind regardless of how I felt about it. So, you know, I think it's really how I see it. It's not how the world sees it. So if we do believe that we have a concern, I believe we're going to need to find a different way to get at it than this, because this is how I identify. And, um, so I, I don't know how else to do that, but I, uh, but I believe that this is not the intent of this. It's, it's not a constitutional bludgeon or it's not intended to be, and it can't be because it's how you see it. It's not how the medical profession sees it. And if we're going to talk about legal blindness, that's how the medical profession sees it. And maybe we need to change our definition in our constitution. I mean, you know, if that's, if if we are really beginning to attract a lot of people who are, I doubt it's 51% because the, the total still have it around here. Um, but I, but I, if we are concerned with that, I, I think I'd, I don't know, I would propose that we would look at it from the constitutional standpoint and talk to the C&B guys uh, about that rather than try to use our demographics to bludgeon our affiliates because no one will turn in any data if they believe we're doing that. Deb, this is Connie. Connie I do Connie. think you're right, and I think that is yeah, one of the possible solutions. Yeah, I have the floor. Connie. Deb and I, thank you, Deb. I just want to agree with with what you have said, and David. I, in myself, being medically legally blind but i am low vision i'm you know high partial so i i understand all the words of it and but i think how you're doing this is just very appropriate and if we have to look at the constitution that's what we need to look at but i think you are right on track and i appreciate you um doing this for us so do we need to have a motion if we do i would make a motion to approve this Sure, a motion would be fine, Connie. Go ahead and and make a motion to uh, endorse. Let's see, to endorse the uh, the proposal that we um, ha- ask members to identify as uh, blind, um, low vision, low, vi- low vision, um, or sighted uh, for our demographic data collection. I second. That's- this is Doug. Doug seconds. Okay, it, uh, we've had a lot of discussion. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 And any opposed? All right. Thank you, guys. Good discussion, though. And and um, and and I do understand the the constitutional concern. I just think that because we're leaving it up to the individual, uh, that sort of changes that. So, um, but if we need to address that in some other way, I am completely open for that. Yeah. All right. This yes, is Chris. I, Chris. I wanted to raise a, a different demographic issue, which is that I think we should uh, do similar to what we do with our uh, conference and convention survey and have a- age brackets as part of our demographics, um, because I think it's important for us to see um, who is in leadership and what our trends are in terms of whether we're including younger people as opposed to old folks like me well that one's going to be a hard one to keep current i could sure tell you that um so um um, this is doug doug um we have the birth date uh yeah we do those things so that's yeah we do 
We can sort them. Yeah, we can sort them by age. All, That's all we true. need is the data. So I don't know how yeah, what percentage yeah. of members have put it that uh, you know put yeah if they field. put it that's true yes i haven't looked at this in a while but you're absolutely right um if if they uh if if they put it which is true for any of the data in there if they put it in there um we have it and all we have to do is sort it so it's not a question how old are you it's it's a question you can answer once in other words your birth date doesn't change right, right. so i think we have that and I'm not Thank talking about individual, you know, specific individual year birth dates. I'm just talking about brackets. No, but um, it's easier for us to collect the birth date because we only have to collect it once, and then we can sort those brackets. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's but, done. So, but I'm putting out, I'm putting that out as an issue. Uh, we don't right. have to discuss it today, but I do think it is a, a relevant piece of demographics that we right. uh, need to have. Right. Well, it, we do actually it, have it. We just haven't reported it all of the time, but we well, could that, report it. We could report it for, for, for example, the board for the, for, for some of those leader, leader spots. I mean, it's difficult to report it for the whole organization. Yeah. I, I, I agree. As long as we've got a way to sort that data, I, 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 yeah. I don't want us to get into a situation where we're asking people to submit so much data that right. they just throw up yeah. their hands and say, I'm not yeah. submitting any of it. And yeah, we can sort I, this and we can yeah. get this periodically. And I, mean, I would I think, be, I would think know. that could be helpful for some grants from various organization yep. possibilities. So, yeah. well, anytime we have a grant application, if there's data that that grant application needs, we will find a way to get it. So, um, I don't want to just collect a whole bunch of things in case somebody does, but if they do, that's part of how we get this data. Uh, how we've determined what goes here is based on what uh, grants have asked for. So, so um, yeah, we're there. Deb, yes, I, I, was look, I was just looking at the survey that was sent out. One of, uh -huh. one of the questions is, what is your age? And it's 18 right. to 24, 25 right. to 34. So it was asked on the survey. Right. On Yes, but not, we're talking about in the demographic information that they collect, we collect for all members. The hard thing about that is people keep changing um, age age brackets as they yeah, right. as they age yep. and yeah. now I and, and I will say uh, this is a valid field and some affiliates do better than others at sharing it one of the trends that we've seen a lot is people share the day in the month but not the year yeah yes because <laughs> they right. want everybody to know it's their birthday but they right. don't want to know right. know the year they were born yes the affiliates <laughs> so, send so that the affiliates out often do. yes yeah, so uh -huh. the affiliates this again is something i think it's very valuable to do but we'll need mm -hmm. the help of the board and our affiliate presidents to really you know ask people for for the right reasons to provide their their birth date Mm -hmm. Yeah, or we have demographics on Capricorn and Gemini and Cancer. Yes, yeah. we do. We do, as a matter of fact. And Chris, that might be useful for funding as well. <laughs> so anyway, but I think that... We, so we, I'm going to be calling on... See, because MCAC is, is planning to, to really do some campaigning about the demographics that, that... The many demographics that they represent and really encouraging affiliates to get serious about this. Because as has already been noted, I think by David... Um, 
this really has to trickle down to make it work. And we, we know that. We absolutely do. Um, so I'm going to call on AAVL to do this about age. So you guys go out and help us get everybody to fess up about their year. And next generation. And uh, Yeah, okay. And next generation. <laughs> but I really want everybody to fess up about their year. But I, I do know that affiliates do use that date, yeah. day and date thing. Yes, month and year. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, Thank you very much. Kind. I just want I just want to say I was just going to say that you know South Dakota uses it and we really mm-hmm. do. I would say probably 90% of our members have shared all that information. Yeah. And yeah. we actually ask for anniversaries and we recognize them. So but uh-huh. it's it's again it took just a little bit of coaxing or talking yeah. and yeah. once we talked to people and I think that's again is just getting yeah. the people out there to talk and share it. Yeah. 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 And so if we could market the year to the affiliates a little bit more than and tell them you might not want to share that with your members if if they don't want that shared but but please share it with us. So um yeah, we we just need to do continue more work on this for sure. Good good discussion. Anything else on this? No, just just agree. one other no. thing. Uh, yeah, well, David. Yes, uh, Chris. Chris touched on the young. What we're yes. really overlooking, folks, is this would help us with Medicare type. Uh, yep. Legislation that we work on because most blind people now are older. Sure. I mean, it's a great point. Research, right. Most right. blind people are older, and that's what we want right. to catch because right. that's where we do the most work. Sure. No, we do. Yes, we do. We do know this without even more data because we look at the larger population of blind people, not just our members and their age. So we look at uh, demographics for that kind of thing for legislative or whatever issues. We look at the demographics of the blind, uh, not just us. And we assume that, that overall we're going to match that. So, um, so we don't use member demographics for that sort of thing so much. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Okay, um, so I want to remind you all that um, it is a time, if you have not done so already, to uh, tap on Nancy's door regarding your board gift. Um, we do, when we talk about things that matter for funding, this one actually does. Um, and I know this from having been on lots of boards and having written lots of grants. So, um, both of these are, this is an important issue. Your gift can, can be small or large. Um, you know, we, we aren't going to judge that, but we do need 100% participation and it does need to be a board designated gift. So it is not just that I spent too much at the auction this weekend or whatever else it is that I have been doing lately. Um, so uh, it, it is that. So uh, please do that uh, soon uh, for the end of the year if you have not done so already. And, um, and I thank you for that. And staff thanks you. And you will need to see Nancy directly about getting it done. And I need to do it too. I haven't done it yet. So I promise I will. Now, the other item I wanted to mention is um, about reimbursements, and that is that um, if you are not seeking reimbursement for uh, board expenses, and we really appreciate anyone who is able to not do so, um, 
But if you are not, then we would still appreciate receiving um, travel receipts for any lodging um, and transportation, etc., that you have related to um, a board expense. So if you provide your own airfare or your own hotel or whatever for um, for a, a board designated event, um, such as a board meeting, um, then if you would forward any related receipts to Nancy, those are considered in kind gifts. And again, they matter uh, for our um, sort of giving a profile of our board members. So um, anytime you have those, if you would uh, make sure you do that, that would be so, so much appreciated. Okay. Um, Let's see. I believe the last thing I have is the just a quick update on the board liaison um, program, the CARES program. And we have about half of our affiliates. Well, no, not quite half of our affiliates. I would say a little more than a third of our affiliates have signed up so far. Um, a mix of state and special interest affiliates. So um, we are still taking signups if your affiliate would like to. Cindy is specifically contacting any newer presidents um, who have not potentially participated in this before to try to get them to particularly sign up because it's really valuable for to them in particular. And so she is making some of those additional contacts and she will be um, getting our first um, kickoff activities going um, somewhere between now and the beginning of the year. I will be joining in as soon as I can, but she's going to kind of kick us off. So of you board members, um, this is an opt-in for the states and special interest affiliates. It's also an opt-in for board members. Um, we recognize that you have different amounts of time and resource and interest in this, and I totally get it. Um, and um, I've had, by the way, some really, really excellent feedback from states, um, most of whom have opted back in uh, uh, regarding some of the interaction that they've had uh, with you and the benefit of that and uh, that it helps them feel connected. And I appreciate that a lot and look forward to that continuing. Um, but because we don't have a full complement of affiliates, we do have more flexibility for you all as well. So if you would, um, I'm going to take the liberty of asking you to just let Cindy know because she's compiling the lists. If you are wishing to opt in and um, be one of the um, board liaisons for affiliates. And again, I recognize that people's uh, time and resources just vary, and I totally get that. So um, I thank you for that and would ask you to uh, uh, do that um, before we get to the holiday break so that she can um, have that sort of organized and ready to go. We'll be having a kickoff meeting uh, for that and invite everybody that's signed up to um, to that so we can overview the program and the expectations and and get that all squared away and then we'll be making those matches and we're running just a little behind schedule but um, I think we'll be able to uh, get ourselves back on track and I think we have um, a, a pretty exciting um, roadmap plan so thank you so much for participating in that. Um, I think that's everything I have. Any questions for me? Adam President, this is Doug. Yes. I would like, I would move acceptance of the president's report and wish you all 
uh, speedy recovery on your surgery. Thank I you second. so much. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, Doug moves and who seconded? Rachel? Rachel. Rachel seconded. Yeah. All righty. Uh, any discussion? Uh, this is Terry. I just Terry. want to bring up, since we're kind of in affiliates there, I just wanted to bring up a couple of very quick things. I don't know if we want to do anything about it or if it's appropriate for us to, but um, one of the groups that I've been liaisoning with was uh, Viva, uh, uh -huh. Visually Impaired Veterans. And they are in the process of re reorganizing. Right. And they are want to, uh, planning to change their name to Veterans of ACB. And so they just wanted the board to know or if necessary to approve them changing the name to Veterans of ACB. So Thank, I'm thanks, not Terry. Sure what you want to do with that? But that's it. Okay. Well, well, let's let's go ahead and adopt um, the report, and then we'll I'll I'll ask those who know more about this than I do whether the board needs to take an action on that. Um, so, uh, all in favor of adopting the president's report, say aye. Uh, aye. 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 And any opposed? Okay, now for the greater minds, do, does the board need to take action in some way on or get a uh, get a request or something think. from Viva? Go ahead, Kim. This is Kim, and um, just from my own experience and having affiliates change their name while I was uh -huh. president, uh -huh. what I remember is that we 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 don't do anything prior to the affiliate coming to us with a request for a charter right and the sure. affiliate would need to ask us for a new charter because okay. they have a new name and that would be part of the membership process probably at the february march board meeting right um that they might want to do that because that's the cycle for for yes. membership payments and that sort of thing so i think just being aware of it is great but nothing official. Right. To nothing to do yet. The, right. The mid-year board meeting. Yeah. Totally yeah, makes because, sense. Yeah. And just to add to that, part of that is, of course, they need to update their constitution and bylaws to reflect. Right. To reflect all that and so. any oh, other changes. Awful, yeah. there, there's a lot we're doing with them on that. Okay. With, okay. With that. Good. So, so they may not. Yeah. That, so but. they cannot do anything until they have all that updated. So, um, right. so, um, yeah. this, this is Doug. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, just, I mean, I don't have any input into it, but veterans of ACB says something different to me than ACB, you know, than uh, uh, uh -huh. ACB veterans. Um, well, it wasn't ACB veterans before. It's visually no, it impaired, impaired veterans, veterans of, America. of America. Yes. Which I, I do agree says something different than ACB veterans. Uh huh. Or, or, or veterans of ACB. ACB. So right, I, I, right. I'd like them to reconsider that. <laughs> I think, oh, I think wow. it says a whole lot different. And, and if you're mm -hmm. not. But we'll have that discussion when they bring it. Okay. I mean, yeah. So I don't want to start debating that now because they haven't brought it to us yet. Um, and this is Dan Deb. I think you're right. And then you have the official request of the charter, mm -hmm. and then the board would need to approve it. Yes, that makes total sense to me. Okay, thank you so there's much, one guys. One other thing on that. There's one other thing that also, if they're if they're a nonprofit corporation, they they'll need to amend their articles of incorporation. Yep. Yeah, right. there's a lot that we're actually. Yep. I've, I've worked somewhat with Nancy on it so far, and mm -hmm. Cassie Trosper is the pr current president. Right. And so we're all working on this, and we know okay. we've got to redo an awful lot of information yeah. and a lot that's going to need to be done. 
Um, but they just asked me to bring that part of it forward right. to tonight's right. call. Right, right. The so they'll have to bring that with the whole on. package. Yeah, so with right. the whole package. Then. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, good heads up on that. Thank you, Terry. Always like to know ahead. There's no surprises. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I think that wraps that all up. Uh, we'll move on to the staff report from Dan Spoon. Don't we have to vote? Oh, we did that. Didn't we, we did. do that? We did, we we did. did that. Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. You were taking a nap. It's okay. Yeah. I guess. All right. Yeah. So we're to Dan. Okay. Thank you so much, Deb. So we'll try to keep the uh, staff report, uh, you know, uh, short uh, tonight. I know we have a lot on the agenda and we'll have more formal reports uh, when we get to the uh, fall. Uh, excuse me, get to the DC leadership conference meeting. Uh, so, but there have been several uh, key significant things that have happened inside your ACB staff here. So uh, first, I just wanted everybody to acknowledge that uh, Sayuri Nair has joined ACB as our HR specialist. Uh, she's uh, started uh, at least two weeks ago now in the Minneapolis office. She's relocated to uh, to the Brooklyn Center area and is uh, working in person and hit the ground running uh, only a few days after she arrived. We had our um, director, of, or director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs uh, give their resignation, so she's been working very diligently. Uh, we now have, uh, you know, updated the job description. We did the job posting. It posted for Two weeks came down on a Sunday, the 26th. We had approximately 20 people apply for the position wow. and she's already, uh, you know, we've screened the applicants and she's starting a series of, uh, screening interviews this week. Uh, we have kind of a tier of, you know, if folks, uh, you know, meet all of the qualifications, uh, or even if maybe they maybe lack some of the qualifications if they're an ACB member we believe all those people uh deserve a first uh you know phone call interview to to with the same set of questions for each person uh to uh, ascertain their level of abilities and interest there are some others that as you know when you go with these searches where they're just obviously through their resumes not a match for the position and those she'll send a polite reply to and thank them for for uh, for submitting an application. So we're going through that process now. The goal is we would like to be able to get through the process through the final interviews and hopefully offer the position out, uh, you know, by uh, the week of the 18th of December, maybe even by the Thursday or Friday before that. So trying to move that along with a goal of hoping to have uh, our new uh, director of advocacy and governmental affairs uh, with us here at the beginning, uh, first or second week in January. So that's moving along. Uh, in addition, Sayuri is um, she's a person who's come to us with a lot of skills. She has a master's in uh, data management as well as HR experience. And she has graphic design and social media experience as well. So she's also helped us craft our year-end appeal that will go out to, uh, you know, our our uh, donors that are kind of outside of our ACB family. 
and uh, that's been completed. She's helped Nancy, the Nancys and our resource development people with that. And that's gone out. Uh, we'll, we'll hit the streets here in the December timeframe. So here in just the next week or two. So she's really hit the ground running. Uh, she's also helping interview for a new manager position for our Amarillo uh, thrift store. And so she's doing work in that area as well as preparing and, and Deb will talk about this a little later, uh, but helping the um, executive director planning uh, committee uh, to work at modifying the uh, job description and uh, the job posting to bring back to this board for review before we move forward. So uh, she's working with uh, Deb and team on that. So uh, we really appreciate Sayuri's efforts. Uh, obviously, we had to say uh, goodbye to Clark, who took an opportunity that was just an amazing opportunity at Nike, and uh, his last day was on the 22nd. So the team has really pulled together to kind of cover the shortfall right now of not having a communications manager or an advocacy director. So shout out to Rick Morin, to Sharon, uh, to Larry Gassman on the communication side, we've hired Mike Johnson to help us temporarily with social media, and he's doing a great job uh, of keeping us on track. We now have added Mastodon as our latest social media environment uh, that launched several weeks ago, and I think we have uh, over a 100 people that have um, signed up on Mastodon to uh, to. to uh, to be part of that social media platform with us at this point in time. So we're moving forward there. Uh, our membership team with Nancy, uh, excuse me, with uh, Cindy Hollis and Natalie Couch attended the, uh, um, uh, the JP Morgan hackathon uh, and really did an amazing job of presenting uh, ACB through that. Uh, event which happened during our fall board meeting on September 29th and 30th. Uh, so they really uh, got a lot out of that and already came back with um, an improvement that is saving them six hours a week and getting the schedule out for the community events. And now we're moving forward with force for good and we'll be putting an application in for that here during the December timeframe that will allow JP Morgan Chase to work with us on uh, an IT initiative uh, during the um, 2024 timeline timeline between March and August. So a lot of good relationship building with JP Morgan Chase and, and thanks to Cindy and Natalie as well as doing an amazing Friendsgiving here over Thanksgiving. In addition to that, they'll have a Christmas tree lighting on Christmas Eve, I believe, and then the Communiathon on New Year's Eve. So, uh, And they have also passed their 15,000th call here in the last two months. So just a lot of exciting things going on with membership and community. Uh, in addition, um, we have uh, the advocacy team has worked to get the filings in for the Department of Justice and HHS on uh, the 504 regulations for HHS and Title II uh, for DOJ on uh, digital accessibility. So uh, moving moving forward in those areas. Uh, 
I will say also that our office, it looks like, is going to be completed finally in Alexandria. So we're getting an indication uh, that we will be able to move in the first week in January. So we hope that continues to stay on track. So our team will probably all be huddling in uh, Alexandria right after the new year to uh, help everybody move up from the fifth floor to the sixth floor. I think it'll really be good for our Alexandria team uh, to finally be in their permanent location where they can unpack all their boxes and really uh, settle settle in. So it's been a they've kind of been uh, in a transition phase for almost a year here. So it'll be good to get them uh, settled in. As we talked about earlier, we had an amazing AD Awards Gala. I think that uh, it, it just it, it brings a smile to our, my face to see what ACB can accomplish when we put our minds to it. It's so professional, well done, really highlights our partnership and our and our true position of being a leader in audio description, really not only in the United States, but throughout the world and how ACB is viewed in this program area. So we get reinforced by that every day to see the um, uh, just the collaboration that we're getting from our industry partners uh, and the participation across the industry. So this is our third year. It's grown every year in popularity uh, and fundraising. So I think it's here to stay and we'll just continue to mature and make it better. And Tapitha Kinlon, uh, you all should just be so, so proud of her and how she stepped up and really took a lead role in the uh, gala and, and in the production team and script writing and uh, communications when we lost Kelly and just really really did the heavy lifting uh, along with the rest of our team to get get to the finish line with the gala. From an IT standpoint, I really want to give a big shout out to Rick Morin, uh, Deb Cook-Lewis, Jeff Bishop, and uh, our team has really worked hard from an IT standpoint to take our acb.org, our acbmedia.org, and our acbminimal.org and transitioned them from our Azure server where we were really struggling with some viruses that we were having a hard time controlling. We were in an Azure platform, which is an excellent server platform, cloud platform, but we really do not have the skills on staff to do server administration. This is something Ray and others could could understand that, you know, it's it's that really back-end security um kind of server maintenance work that you need to do. And Louisville Web Group doesn't have this capability anymore. And so we transitioned over to the Pantheon platform, which does hosting for uh, websites. And they they own the server administration layer, layer, all of the security, the performance testing, the backups, all of that. And they have a very robust development platform where you have a development uh, stream, a testing stream, and a, and a live stream. And uh, here in the middle between the gala uh, and the auction, the IT team migrated acb.org, uh, acbmedia.org, uh, and many more all to the um, to the uh, Pantheon platform. All are up and running, no glitches. 
and we've moved the ADP website from the server to an AWS platform because it's written in HTML. So all this has taken place. It's secure. And when we were able, when we're able to roll off Azure, it'll actually cost us less to maintain this environment than it did the Azure environment. And we will have the security of knowing we have a well protected and maintained host environment for our website. So it's kind of geeky for a lot of people, but I'm telling you right now, Rick Morin and myself and Deb and others, we're all sleeping a little bit better at night knowing that we are, we are now really in a secure IT environment and a platform that we can grow uh, in the future. So uh, really a big shout out to Rick and team for all their hard work there. And then I have to thank everybody for this last weekend and how much everybody participated in the ACB Media uh, Holiday Auction. It was really an amazing success. There was over 175 items, including the appetizer auction, raised over $30,000. And so just it was great to see everybody out there having fun, uh, participating, uh, laughing and joking with each other. It was good to have a smile on our faces. So thank, thanks to everybody for all their, their truly hard work there. So Deb, I think that's the staff report and be happy to answer any questions. Any questions for Dan? Okay. Thank you so much. So much going on. You know, it's just amazing to, I know about this stuff daily, but it's just running it all through at once. It's excellent. Um, let's see. Could I have a motion to accept the staff report? So moved. It's David. David. Uh-huh. Second. Second. Michael. Thank you, Michael. All right. Uh, any discussion? Thank you. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 And Aye. Opposed? Okay, thank you so much, Dan. Wow, lots going on. All right, so the next item we have is the um, the review and approval of the 2024 DC Leadership Conference calendar. And let me just say that um, when we talked with you before that we had originally um, proposed based on uh, some of the feedback that we had from the leadership survey from last year that we would not have any uh, virtual conference ahead. People wanted it to be shorter and that would be one way. And so we, um, and but that we did propose originally having a day and a half for um the leadership portion and a day and a half for the legislative portion, plus, of course, our Hill Day. And so uh, we had feedback from the board that um, this was still concerning in terms of the length um, for people to be able to participate and also uh, just with concerns related to the cost of that many nights. Um, we have uh, negotiated the best deal for the hotel that we possibly could, but it's still, you know, prices are rising. So we know that. So uh, we are now looking at having uh, the um, a, a tour, possible tour, which would be a no cost uh, tour uh, that we would travel from the hotel to do and uh, might be at the Smithsonian or um, other um, related things, but a high end kind of tour 
uh, on the uh, Friday, the 1st, and then we would have the board meeting on the 2nd. <laughs> so if people come on the 1st, then uh, that's great. And if they would like to save a day there, that's certainly one way. Um, and then if they are able to come to the board meeting on the 2nd, that's great. But again, if they need to save a day, they could. And then on the 3rd, we would have the leadership. On the 4th, we would have the legislative seminar um, as a full day, both each of those a day, and then we would have our hill visits. So um, that is the proposal that we currently have. And Dan, do you want to uh, provide any additional details or thoughts regarding the schedule? Uh, sure, I'd be happy to, Deb. And, and a special, again, thanks and shout out to Caitlin oh, uh, yeah. Herrera, who's just done a, a great job of working with the hotel and, and pulling all this together for us, along with Nancy, who always has her eagle eye on all the finances and uh, and room commitments and those type of things. So thanks to Nancy as well. And Clark, before he left, played a really large role here. But yes, uh, so the we're thinking maybe that afternoon we would do a, a trip to one of the Smithsonian Museums. And then that evening, we thought it would be nice for board members or other members that are traveling in that we would like to host uh, folks just for, you know, cookies and and, and, uh, and, and drinks uh, at the uh, new ACB uh, office in Alexandria. It'll be open by then. And we thought it would be a really good opportunity for um, our board and other leaders of ACB, if they so wished, and we're in by Friday evening to uh, come see the office and then go have dinner or whatever you all would like to do. But it give you a chance to to tour, tour the new digs. It's always I know I enjoyed that as a board member when we got to see the new office at Beauregard Street when it, when it came in, as well as the one in Minneapolis when we went up for the for the convention in 2016. So uh, you got to promise you'll have pot belly cookies again, though. Pot belly cook. I may have to give uh, Kelly Gask a special call and find out where <laughs> she got those, but I'll do it for you, Ray. <laughs> It'll be a whole lot cheaper to have a reception there because we won't have to pay hotel prices. No <laughs> kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then Saturday we would have the board meeting and then we are going to have a welcome reception at the hotel for everyone attending the, the leadership conference at the hotel that evening after the early evening after the board meeting. And then, um, as Deb said, on Sunday would be the president's meeting. Uh, we'll try to, um, you know, have, uh, again, as much as we can. This is a hybrid meeting, so we're going to try to do uh, most of it, if, if possible, on Zoom platform. And uh, I think Deb's plan there is to have some, you know, conversation in the larger group setting. We'll have a lunch that day, but we also really learned how important it is to have breakout sessions and to talk to our leaders about the future of ACB and also have an opportunity to maybe have some, you know, uh, presentations or workshop from some key individuals or, or organizations. Uh, so that will be on, uh, on, um, uh, on Sunday. Sunday and then Monday, which will be a day when the government is open. We'll have an opportunity. Oh, and to, Sunday we'll have our dine around. Sunday night we're going to do our dine around. Thank you, Deb. Yeah. yeah so uh -huh. we've got the dine around, which was a big hit last year. We're going to do that Sunday night. We think rather than Saturday night, it'll be less congested in the restaurants and give, uh, you know, everybody a little easier time to get Ubers and to, uh, 
uh, you know, to enjoy their uh, their fellowship and network uh, at the diner round. And then Monday will be a legislative seminar. Again, we'll have panels, we'll have uh, reviews, uh, and uh, so no, always some learning about the imperatives and getting ready to then uh, everybody will be on their own for dinner Monday night. And then Tuesday, we'll do the, um, you know, the meetings on Capitol Hill. So that's kind of the week as we've got it laid out. And I believe... The hotel block calls for us to have at least the availability of rooms. I believe it's as early as the 27th, but it's at least the 28th. So I think it's either that it's for sure by Wednesday and maybe by Tuesday. And then the contract will run through that Tuesday night, Friday night, uh, you know, that you can get the hotel rate. Uh, which is $149 a night, which is $30 higher than we were last year, but it's just the, the price of things has really gone up in the, uh, in the DC area, you know, here over the last, we, we got that contract, uh, with the Hilton, those rates, the, the lowest they were willing to go with that Hilton was $209 a night. So that tells you where it, yeah. things have moved from last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we wanted to kind of bring this to you all, have a discussion, and we really need, if, if you all are okay with it, to finalize this because we've got to get to work with uh, working with the Advocacy Steering Committee, Jeff and team. We've got a lot of work to do to pull everything together here. Uh, it will be the first week in March before we know it. Yeah, um, I have a couple of so, – so, Dan, one question that I had, you kind of answered, that the room rate will be good through Tuesday night, March 5th. Um, that was important because I it said the contract's at Tuesday, March fifth, and so that's why I make sure because yeah. I know I know that I'll have to stay. We'll have to stay over yeah, yeah, Tuesday it, night. Sure, sure. You have to you know check out by the the morning of the sixth, but the last right, right, night right. it's good for it's, it's okay. Tuesday the fifth. Yes, okay, very, yes, very good, is. very good. Uh, this the other question I have is uh, uh, the hotel. Um, it has I assume it has uh, on site restaurant and all of that. Oh, very much so. Yeah, all those requirements. It has a nice lobby area, good networking capabilities. We've got mm-hmm. the, there's two relief areas, one outside and one in the garage for the dogs. Um, you know, full scale restaurant with you know I'll say reasonable prices, but you know typical. You know, right. restaurant prices. Uh, it also offers a free shuttle between Reagan and uh, the Pentagon uh, nice. City uh, mm-hmm. Sheraton, which is nice. Yeah. So you can take advantage of that if you wish to as well. Also and offers I'm, a shuttle. I'm sure, to- I'm sure the bar is good too. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it is as well, Ray. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't check that, Ray. We don't know yet. But we'll leave that to you. Ray will check it out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a couple of, this is Terry. Yeah. Yes. I have a couple of questions. And one of them is, uh, perhaps I missed it going through here, but um, ha- what have you done as far as, for instance, the lunches? Are we doing the same thing? I hope we're not doing the same thing we did last year with a, a, a sit-down dinner for lunch on the those two or three days. Um, and the other question is, what are we doing about charging people for coming to this? Have we decided to correct that or what's going on with that? Sure. I, I'll try to best to answer that and Deb can, can jump in. Uh, mm-hmm. We So there's two pieces to this. Uh, to register, whether you're virtual or in person, I believe the, the fee for registration is $25. And then the meals... Um, 
if if you are attending in person, it it is a requirement to 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 take the meals. Uh, but having said that, I think we are having a conversation that we would like uh, to use uh, for sure a portion of the sponsorship uh, money to to you know reduce the rate for. So so if you attend in person, besides the registration, you will get. You will get a lunch on a lunch on Saturday and a lunch on Sunday, no, which is no Sunday. And I'm Monday. sorry, sorry, Sunday. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sunday yeah. and Monday. I get my date. Oh yeah, a, a lunch on get, Sunday, and you and will a, get the reception on and you'll Saturday get, night. On sa- yeah, Saturday night you'll get the reception. Sunday you'll get a lunch, and Monday you'll get a lunch. And you really have to do those lunches. You kind of have to keep going because it's a. It's kind of a nine to five type of deal, you know. Right. You're, so you're there will be something happening during lunch. Yeah, it we'll have a keynote speaker probably one night uh, during Sunday for lunch, and then uh, and then I'm not sure we haven't worked out exactly who will right. be speaking Monday right. during lunch, but we'll have a luncheon speaker. So it's right. back to Terry. I would say it's back to the traditional way we did it pre-COVID. Really, if you went back to kind of uh, Kim's administration, you know, where we had kind of worked to have a day for the board meeting, a day for the president's meeting and a day for legislative seminar with right. with right. lunches for the president's and legislative seminar days. Right. I think the, I think the one of the main issues that there was a lot of talk about after last year's mm-hmm. was especially as far as the meetings were concerned, that you had to have paid the 150 or whatever it was in order to attend the meetings. And that's, um, what I'm, that's, I guess the biggest part of the question is, are we going back to where every ACB meeting in and of itself is open to our members without any kind of a charge or not? That was one of the, the other question. So we're going to charge it. So you're going to are charging. We are charging registration. The registration, yeah, right. the registration the, yeah, makes we, sense to $25. Right. Well, so well, we, we and, yeah, we, again, the board gets to make the decision. Yeah, here. That's, but, but, but we're but, recommending that yeah. that we charge a registration fee of all people. So you can't just drop into a meeting. Everyone it, it, would need to pay a registration fee if you did that. And because we have a minimum a food minimum that is a requirement that ACB will eat if we don't eat it. Um, the, um, we, and, and as Dan said, we, we would like to buy the cost down of that somewhat so that we can make that more affordable. But for this to work, the on-site registration needs to include the meals. Unless yep. the board has a different, yeah, I mean, obviously the board can decide. The last couple of years, I know during Kim's administration, we required people to to uh, to to get lunch was included in the registration right. fee because right. what we found was, you know, it, it was so hard for everybody to police. You know, people right. would not leave the room, and then we were short of meals, and it. it it, yeah. it got very, you know, it, it put a lot of burden on our staff to be the the cops that said, I'm sorry, you have to, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't, you can't be here and get a lunch and not have paid for the lunch. And we got into a big, you know, and we don't clear great. the room and do all that stuff. So, so that became just really the, 
Um, y- you know, that's, that, mm-hmm, yeah. I was say that's, that's very unfortunate because I ran legislative seminar for seven years and never had that problem with it. Um, if anything, I had the reverse problem. Um, so th- that I think is very unfortunate uh, as far as today is concerned on that. Um, and so you had more people wanting that, to eat lunch than came for the meeting? No, I had people who came for the meeting, but when we came to the time to have the lunch or the dinner, whatever it may be, they put their they were required to put their tickets out, and if they didn't have a ticket, they didn't get a meal. But generally speaking, most everyone did. Uh, we had very very few cases. I can only think of three people that I ever had a problem with in seven years. What, what, but, what um, is, what's your concern, Terry? I think that would be the. Thing my to, concern, to learn. Yes. My, my, well, my concern is that, like for instance, uh, there are a couple of things that could be done. If you go back and look at, I think the reception that we did last year was absolutely lovely, but it was so overdone. Um, I'm hoping that we're not going to try to do something that spectacular this year, um, shall we say? And so, one of the things that we've done in the that ACB did in the past. Um, was to ask the local affiliates if they would be willing to pitch in on having a welcome reception. I remember one year in particular that uh, D.C., Maryland, and the two, at that time there were still two Virginia affiliates, all pitched in. And so they covered as a welcome reception to everyone, they covered the overall cost of a typical nonprofit um reception and that and so and that cost was still part of uh, our um our uh, minimum our, our food minimum for the hotel and so that's something you might want to consider even if they even if each one of the three affiliates three or four affiliates threw in three hundred dollars or something like that we could at least have a reasonable, very open welcome reception. And that's just something you might want to think about that would save us a good bit of money as far as the cost of the overall weekend is concerned. Well, I think we would definitely be receptive to any affiliate sponsoring any part of the leadership conference, including the reception. No question. Um, we, we, we have to, we have to meet our food minimum and so if a reception gets elaborate it's it's more because of that than anything else um the food minimums are pretty high so all of those things though are good and i agree that if um if we can get some sponsors to uh pay down the cost of of uh, you know of food uh that will be one of the really helpful things that we can do because then we can pass that savings directly on to people and i am always in favor of that <laughs> yeah this is All right. thank you and then i had one other um one other, so you haven't gotten in touch yet with any of the uh, agencies to get any speakers any guest speakers yet we're just beginning to work on that Okay. Okay. So that's good luck with getting them this late in the day. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you, and now it's gone from my head. So I'll bother you later. And after Doug, I have a comment. 
Okay, Doug, I believe you were next. Well, and, and I'll just say, Terry, to your oh. last comment, that's why we really want to get a, approval. Uh, we've right we've had initial meetings with the Advocacy Steering Committee, and we've got a list of folks, but we need to kind of get right. confirmation that these are the dates that we're going to do these events so we can know, you know, what to ask them to come and participate and in. That's exactly, what my, that's exactly yes, what my question exactly. was about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why we're... You know, exactly. And so exactly. and the fact it's, that we're going to be on Monday this year instead of Sunday, we hope is going to help us a lot. Except that that's also March 4th. And March 4th, the Capitol and every place else in D.C. is gearing up for March 4th. Wow. Because that's the beginning days of the Trump trial here in D.C. And it's going to be a really tough day, I think, to try and get on Capitol Hill that t- Monday or Tuesday. I've talked to one or two people I know over at the Hill, and they're not even wanting to. They're hoping to stay home. <laughs> um, that's a re- it's a really tough weekend that we're going to be going over there. So I just wanted to point that out um, to think about that as well when we're going over deliberations. Thank you. Let's see. Um, I believe Doug was next. Thank you. Um, I move we accept the proposed timeline for the 2024 leadership conference. I second. second. Kenneth. Kenneth seconds. Thank you. Um, continued discussion. There was somebody who had requested the floor after Doug. So I- uh, it was me. Uh, it was. Yeah, I was going to make that motion. And- okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty. Is there any then? Is there a, a additional discussion? One, just one comment, Deb. I would say that uh, to in response to the last comment, Terry is absolutely correct uh, with the whole uh, potential of the Trump trial beginning on March fourth, and that could impact things. But um, we, we you always have the option of virtual appointments if uh, people are concerned about that. So just throwing that out there. Yeah. I think Terry's concern was more to the whether there would be people to meet with because whether they would all sort of stay. That's so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. yeah. So that was, that's a concern. Sure. And they, I would say this is very, hold on. I think this is very helpful to those, to those who are trying to take time off of work to be there. And I appreciate the board meeting being placed on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Any, anything else? David. Yeah. That, one David? thing, uh, we're cramming, we're still cramming a lot in there. Yes. Uh, I would like we all to entertain the thought of moving the office reception to Friday afternoon and not do a tour. Well, we, it's, we it's your all's go. I, I, yep. I, 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 no, it's up to you guys. I, I no, just didn't know how quickly Coast, board, I, board I, people yeah. would be flying in on Friday, David. So I didn't know yeah. how, yeah. Off, how often I, people I oppose to. David on that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to as well, actually, because that's true. I, I will. I would have to fly in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't sorry. mean it. Noon. I meant later in the afternoon. I, I well, I don't think that's going to necessarily help. From so. the West Coast, it still doesn't West, really no. help. So, no. Yeah. And and those of us having to connect because we live in smaller towns, it doesn't help either. That's so. right. Right. Yeah. I I think if we have a reception, it should be Friday evening. If you would like to not have a tour, we can not have a tour. But I, you know, oh, well, well I, the tour the tour is an optional thing. I was just thinking of 
Uh-huh. You know, you're cramming one thing right after another, right after another, right after another. And those of us who are on the board uh, who want to attend as much as we can, uh, you don't have any breathing time in there. You've got Friday afternoon, Friday night, Saturday all day, Saturday right. night, Sunday and Monday. That's right. And then the hill visits. Mm-hmm. I just think it's an awful lot. And and I think it, it, it you know... Uh, it's all well and good, but it, it, you know, we've cut out the virtual part, but now we're throwing it, you know, spreading out the other parts. So actually, we're, we're not really anything in any longer than we were. Um, no, you, know. you just crammed it into hours. It's the hours are there. You know, you, you can't cram anymore because there's no more hours in a day. Uh, I'm just saying it's a lot of hours, folks. But David, people want it shorter. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it is a real dilemma. I hear, I hear everybody, you know, I, I don't, you know, and so if you have a recommendation, um, uh, you know, the West Coast voted you down on the, uh, on the other, but if you do have a, if you do have a, if you have a concern that we can meet, um, you know, we, we will. People, we know also that, that throughout the event, people will opt into and out of things. Um, it's designed for that. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to go on the tour, if we're able to have one, if you don't want to go to the reception, I hope you want to do that. Um, if you don't want to, uh, able to, to do, I mean, we all sort of take breaks. So, um, I, I feel like we need to offer things and then people will opt in and out of them as their schedule and resources um permit but uh, i'm I'm fine i just you know um i I still think it's going against a little bit of what people wanted but if everybody's happy with it you know i'm not i'm not wanting to be a stick in the mud here I think we can find out from the survey if this was what they wanted or wasn't what they right. wanted after they, the event. Well, we, 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 yeah. we found that out last year. Yeah, yeah, I know, but told, we'll find yes. it out again. Right. They we they told us clearly that they didn't want us to have it two weeks, which is kind of what it amounted to last year. Right. And, the, and we they still liked have the to tours, cover but they didn't the, want yes. five tours. So but we, they didn't want five, but they'd but like they, one. They, they and they, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. so... Um, it, it, no matter what we do, there are challenges in that it suits some people and doesn't suit some people. But as a board, I think our obligation here is to figure out, will it, will it suit enough people to make it workable to, for us? Is there any additional discussion? Yeah, Miss Madam President, just sort of a point, and I can discuss this more fully in the advocacy uh-huh. uh, committee, but but and I think I may have stolen this from Chris, and if I did, Mr. Bell, I, I applaud you. <laughs> yeah. But I think given that we're going to have a lot of people doing Capitol Hill appointments over Zoom anyway for a variety of reasons, I think it may be important for there to be a focus on what actual members we need to try and hit when we're there on that tuesday ah um, yes mm-hmm. and that may take some some staff time or whatever uh to right. give us that information but i think it's important that we focus on that that is good uh-huh yes yeah i call for the question yes all right 
all in favor of um, accepting the proposal as presented for the DC Leadership Conference, please say aye. 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 And any opposed? All right. Thank Madam you very Chair, much. Can I just ask one question? Yes, you can. Um, I, I, I just hope because um, the legislative seminar is only going to be one day that and you are trying to bring in <clears throat> speakers that um, we will do something prior, you know, that, that we'll do some community calls or whatever prior to um, the leadership weekend to talk about the imperatives. Uh, oh, most certainly, Denise. Because uh, I'm really concerned they're going to get. Yeah, uh, no. we, we'll do exactly what we did the, the last two years. We'll have a dedicated community event call for each of the imperatives. Uh, and then they will be uh, recorded and, and podcast. Thank uh, you. It's and the, the other thing, too, it would be good for people who are going to go live in person mm -hmm. to have imperative sheets to hand. Yes, yes, the, yes. Yeah. We know yeah. that. Yeah, we, we will yeah. do that. Well, we yeah. didn't want them. So Wait, last year, sure. something went wrong about that. And we we absolutely agree. Yeah, that yes. was in our lessons learned. So yeah, we'll totally, sure totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, the um, advocacy committee has to um, finalize the imperatives, but fundamentally they will be uh, undoubtedly the same as they have been because they're the ones that are um, actively in pursuit. And so this is not new information for most people. So um, it should be easy for people I hope easier for people to get on top of them. All right. Thank you all. All right. Um, next, we have um, the update on the 2024 ACB conference and convention with Janet Dickelman. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Yes. And all Janet right. has a few items for us this I evening, so listen up. I do have a few, and I know if there's anything I missed that uh, – Deb and Dan will jump right in and correct me and, and probably several of you also on this call. So um, anyway, as part of the, I, I know that the uh, survey, the convention survey summary was sent out to all of you. Mm -hmm. um, does anyone have any questions about that? First of all, I'm assuming you all read my convention summary. Well, we'll find out when they get the quiz. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> and yeah. thanks to Deb and Dan for their input on that. And um, mm -hmm. so I don't know if I want to have a test. So I'm just going to talk <laughs> about a few other things. And I know mm -hmm. that this board, if they have any questions, they will bring it up. All right. First of all, we I mentioned in the in the uh, survey summary that we did poll our exhibit hall. Uh, exhibitors, I'm sorry, it's cold in my office. It's chilly here in Minnesota and my office doesn't get very warm. So I'm sitting up here freezing. Um, but anyway, we polled all the exhibitors because one of the things that was talked about, a couple things that were talked about was the overlap between ACB and NFB convention. And this year with NFB being in Orlando, it is a bit easier to work with. So we polled mm -hmm. the uh, exhibitors and what they all would like to do is we are going to open the exhibit hall on Sunday instead of Saturday. We will have move in on Saturday if they would like to move in on Saturday or first thing Sunday morning. And then we will have the exhibit hall open 
Sunday from nine to five. So it will be a, a nice long day for everybody to get into the exhibit hall on Sunday. And then we will be open Monday and Tuesday from 11 to five and Wednesday from nine to one. We did ask the exhibitors if they would like to stay longer on Wednesday because of the fact that they weren't having that Saturday. And all of them said, no, thank you. Getting out at one o'clock on Wednesday is really what we would like to do. So that is what we are doing with our exhibit hall. And I think this will work very nicely for especially some of the smaller exhibitors that maybe just have one or two people who, you know, can go to conventions so that this way they are going to be able to attend both. So I think that I think this will work quite well. Um, as far as general session is concerned, most of you probably heard this. It, I believe it came out um, when we were in Jacksonville that due to some scheduling issues and making sure that we have ample time to get the AV equipment set up in the ballroom, we are going to have our opening general session on Sunday evening rather than Saturday evening. And... Uh, so Saturday, we're looking for some great ideas to come up with for something that's really going to, you know, keep people interested. I, we talked about maybe having our film night Saturday night, maybe doing a walk that there is a um, a pier that is a great walking spot, maybe doing a walk kind of like we did the bridge walk in Omaha or something else, you know, of fun value on Saturday night. So we're looking for ideas for that. So we will have general session Sunday. Then we still do want to have the day on Monday morning available for our two concurrent consecutive se sessions because those were very popular last year. And this also gives us time if there are any glitches with the AV and general session to get those rectified. So we would then have general session Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday would be our normal 8.30 to noon. And then Thursday would be from 8.30 to 2 o'clock-ish because we are going to get out of there so we can repurpose the room for the banquet. Yes, we know that that is going to be taking a day away from general session, but in theory, it's taking a Day away, but we've also talked about different things that can be done via Zoom, like some reports and other things that will free up our time for our ACB business and our our speakers. So that's the format for general session. We are also, as all of you, I believe, know, we are collaborating with Blinded Veterans of America. And they are going to be sharing our convention space with us. We are working with them so that we can have um, that our registrations, if our members want to register for something that BVA has to offer or vice versa, that we can do that seamlessly. We, of course, will share one exhibit hall, which will mean that we'll have some other exhibitors that we haven't had at our convention in the past that'll be joining us, um, that come to us for, through BVA. And uh, so that will, um, I think that will really enhance our convention and be a good thing for our hotel commitments. Because as we know, things are just, you know, since since COVID, we don't have quite as many people in person as we've had in the past. So I think this is really going to revitalize things. Um, does anyone have any questions of me? This is Doug. Um, yes, Doug. 
I have a grave concern. I think it just popped up and it probably was something that just sort of got fallen through the cracks or thrown at you at the last minute or something. The lunches, uh, the quoted lunch price, you know, when we were signing up for meals did not include the service charge. And I think in the past they have. or it, I've always put it in there. When I figure them out, I figure in the service charge. Are you talking about something previously, Doug? No, I'm talking about this last year. I have. I, okay. This, so something previously. Yes. So I want, okay, I, last what, I'm asking, right, what I'm asking for is to make sure that we have the service charges with, I, with the, with the, you know, right. because yes, we're not I, last year. Uh, it should have been because I figured him in with the service fee, but yeah, I'll make sure, Doug. No, because because okay. yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. So <laughs> it was a separate item on a, on the bill that we got. Yeah, but the fee, it well, should, uh, okay, should anyway, have still been it part should of have the been total, the same but thing. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll, if you have questions, Doug, feel free to reach out to me. This isn't, you know, I'm not going to get, but yeah. I will make sure. Sure that I because I always do figure in the service fee because I sit there figuring all these lunches with all the service fees so I don't right, know right. if something. Well, that's what by, I thought, and that's why I was so surprised. No, but thank so you, thank you for the reminder, and I'll make sure. Right. Thank you. It, this is Donna. So yes, Donna. Is, is the board meeting Friday? The or board Saturday? meeting will still be Friday. Okay. And then we'll have affiliates and committees can start out, you know, on Saturday, Sunday have both days to do a lot of their sessions um, if they choose to. We'll have tours Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So there'll be a lot going on those first several days. Uh, one more question. So yes. the, the exhibit, uh, they're, they're not going to be open at, at night in any like they were this year that one day? They're not because of the way things are, are with the change in having them open on Sunday. We okay. didn't see a time that we could really open it yeah. for an evening. I would like just, to go back to that at some yeah, point. That was just, but yeah, we was will just have curious. them open earlier on Sunday than right. we normally right. did at 9 a.m. So I think that's going to be yeah, full day. Yes. It, this is Terry when yes, I get Terry. in line, please. Yes, Terry. Go ahead. Um, okay. I'm wondering... I, I don't know how this was done last year, um, but I'm wondering, I, I felt bad for our affiliates that ran breakfasts last year in that then it came out that, you know, the, a lot of the organizations were also running breakfasts and they were at half the cost of what the affiliates were paying they, because assumably they were um Oh, they were subsidized yeah. by the right. yes. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Terry, do, Terry, do they get the same deadline? Hmm? Do they get the same deadlines? Yeah, as yeah. to like when, when they should be in. The yeah. only one that came in maybe a little last minute was the um the uh Jen uh, the uh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Yes. 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 Because they were a sponsor, right? right. And this has hap this happens every year, Terry. That we have the NIB, the AFB breakfasts, and they are always are less expensive than the affiliate breakfasts. And they are. I was just trying to figure out if there was some way that we could equal them off a little bit better. But I guess there really is. That's up to the affiliates. Right? That's if, if the wanna... affiliate wants to uh, pay more money, for, you know, donate more money to reduce the price of their breakfast, that's certainly up to them. 
That's true, I suppose. Good point. Yeah. And there are some affiliates I know that have done that. Mm-hmm. Yes. There, uh, yeah, I know that there are some that have definitely and done it because they un- used to use it as their caucus as well. Sure. Unfortunately, I can't really say, all right, if you're a sponsor and having your breakfast at a cheaper, at a reduced rate, you have to have it on this day because it's not always Ooh, convenient right. for our sponsors to do that. Right. right. So I, I understand your concern, but I'm not sure really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something where people are going to just have to make decisions based right. on what they think they can do. That's right. Sure. Yeah. And if, as as we said, if an affiliate wants to uh, throw in a few extra dollars to reduce the price of their breakfast or lunch, that's certainly up to them. Yeah. And the other quick thing, and the other quick thing that I did want to suggest was um, when we were talking about what to do with Saturday. Um, we could go back to doing a lot of our committee meetings on Saturday and uh, instead yep. of doing like four days of transportation, uh, maybe do that on Saturday or the, right, that's what I said. The the yes. yes, we could definitely have longer seminars on yes. Saturday. Uh, like the yes. 411 is a good example. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some yep. of those sessions are tr- th- yes. some of those could definitely be long, long sessions on Saturday. Yeah. And, and that's that kind of all... what we have done in the past. And uh-huh. I know RSVA uh-huh. always does like a four session right. segment on Saturday. Right. Now, exactly. the only thing we have to keep in mind is we will only have two hybrid rooms. Right. Right. But on the other hand, that would also give our affiliates some more time during the week, perhaps, because we would be moving some of those events into Saturday. Well, uh, we've so always that's had also that. Good. We've, yeah, we've always been able to do that if they've wanted to. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that, so good. that you know, if we, if we point it out to them, it's, uh, they, get, they right. get more of the idea. Thank you all. All right. This is Gabriel. Yes, Gabe. I haven't asked many questions tonight, but Janet always inspires uh-huh. me to. Uh-huh. I inspire uh-huh. you. No, you just want to yes. give me a hard time. No, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that you mentioned the uh, two hybrid rooms, um, are you going to put out uh, something similar to what we did uh for for 2023 um, yes. regarding the uh, whole set schedule and yes. first come first serve and trying yeah, to ba- move around. Uh, how, yes, I, yeah. I certainly will. We have a con- I have the first convention planning meeting with the uh, convention program person from each affiliate and the committee chair. That's coming up next month, and we'll go through all of that then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So yes, this is. Uh- this is Cecily. I move that we accept the schedule as it was presented. Second. Right. And Gabriel seconds. Thank you very much. Any further discussion of the schedule? All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 And any opposed? Don't oppose me, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. All right. In, Deb's, in Deb's turn, if you if you're yes, yeah, if, yes, if yes. Oppose, then you have to run the convention. Now. You'll have to you'll have to do a lot of work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go back and listen on ACB Media. So good night, okay. everybody, and good luck tomorrow, Deb. Thank you so much. All, All right. right, thanks. Thank you all. All right. We have one more item uh, before we go to executive session, and that is the update on the executive director.
job description and job posting and the executive director search committee um, and the board will have this discussion. So let me just open it up by telling you a few things. Um, so I did appoint uh, in September um, the executive search committee, which consists of myself, Kim Charlson, Jeff Tom, um, Oh, somebody else. <laughs> uh, Michael Garrett, I'm sorry. Uh, Dan Spoon and, uh, Nancy Becker. So, um, uh, basically the role of the search committee is to search. I mean, really the, this committee is responsible for doing the spade work to prepare us to hire an executive director. The board will be making the high, final hiring decision based on recommendations from the search committee. But I want to assure the board that your involvement is critical in this entire process. And it's just you don't have to spend as many hours as some of us have spent going through the former job descriptions line by line, by word, by character, and and I will certainly uh, echo the comments that uh, that Dan made about um, Syrie and her uh, skills to jump right in and start helping us do that. And as we were all befuddling back and forth, she was like, "Well, I have some language." And, oh, okay, and there we were. So um, she is um, preparing the draft job description based on all of the input she received. And this will be circulated uh, to the search committee um, for tweaks and then to the board. And we anticipate the board uh, being able to, um, to have discussion and vote on that um, in, uh, let's see, we're going to try to, are we trying to still do that for the December 4th meeting, Dan? Uh, no, I think we probably, probably the 11th gives okay, us enough time to get feedback. Yeah, to get it back, back and, and forth. And, that's what And I, I okay. don't know that we had that on the agenda that's in draft. So I want to make right, sure that so, that gets added. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So add that to the agenda. Yes, yes. yes thank you. Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, I yes. assume you're talking to me, Dan. Is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. Nancy. We, yes. We, Deb, Deb provided input, but I think that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I will so do. That, yeah, yeah, add that one. So, um, so basically, the board will uh, at that time, among all the other things we're going to do on the eleventh. Um, uh, so, bring a picnic lunch with you. Uh, the board will uh, be um, reviewing that and um, and approving that and and offering any further feedback on that. And we would like to post it that week. So then we would like to leave it open for, um, we're going to be leaving it open about a month. So to about the middle of January, uh, at that time, uh, then, uh, the, uh, search committee will, uh, we will follow a process a little bit like, uh, what, uh, Dan is using for the, um, for Clark's former position. So Sayuri will, uh, uh, sift through and organize the applications for us and and then the executive um, committee will um, or the I'm sorry the search committee will uh, review that and uh, begin to uh, develop the interview process we will be checking with the board as we go through on on that process we'll have a, a great deal for you on January 30th uh, regarding that 
Uh, then um, we will be conducting interviews. As part of the interview process, we uh, would like to bring the top candidates. I'm assuming that will probably be the top two, but generally these things work themselves out based on uh, how good the applications are and where the sort of natural cutoff is. But we're th thinking too uh, that we will have an opportunity for the board to meet with those candidates to give the search committee additional feedback in addition to uh, the interviews. And then um, the search committee will make a recommendation to the board um, and provide the board with all of the evidence to support the recommendation and ask the board to consider um, that recommendation. So we hope to, we anticipate having um, an announcement uh, by the time of the DC Leadership Conference. And uh, uh, Dan didn't mention it, but we would be introducing that person uh, at the Leadership Conference. Now, they may not be on staff yet because of uh, they are a busy, high-profile person who has commitments right now. Um, and I know that with confidence. So it will take a little bit for them to uh, re relocate if necessary um, and, um, and, and be prepared to come on board. But they can certainly probably be at the leadership conference. So um, we, will, we will be doing that. So then that brings us to their starting. When, and again, based on who it is and where they are, um, all of that will have to be negotiated. But, um, you know, ideally, I would like them to be on board uh, shortly after the leadership conference and then fully, fully functional and everything by the time of the uh, convention. So um, that is kind of the scope of, of what we're doing and how we will be engaging uh, the board in the process or anticipate that. And I would take uh, comments from everyone else on the search committee and questions from the rest of you. Well, I just have to commend you on that excellent pronoun usage, Deb. Ah, what did I do? <laughs> you, you, you did all said all that with they them pronouns. Oh, so. did I? Okay. Kudos. Well, yes, okay. We all right. <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know who they are. So that's yep. right. The the one thing that that I want to remind everybody, especially the search committee, is that. Be sure that number two could be your likely choice because in the early 2000s, we hired a gentleman who decided he didn't want to do the job. <laughs> and, and so we ended up hiring number two, which yes, happened sure. to be Melanie. Uh -huh. You know it's then. Right. No, so you always we, have to think about your runner-up and whether you would want them and, and differentiate that. You're just right. choosing you're choosing your best option, but you hope you have other good options to have chosen from. Yeah. This is Doug. Is, is one of the requirements of the job to be uh, in the D.C. area? Yes. Yeah, we believe that this position does need to be uh, boots on the ground in the D.C. area. They're managing this office and they are the chief person responsible for our overall relationships, uh, many of which are in the D.C. area. And uh, they are also required to travel abundantly. So uh, it's not just that they can hide out in the Beltway. So 
uh, we do expect them to uh, to do whatever the job kind of calls for, which I believe is like 25-7, right, Dan? Um, so, uh, yeah. Well, I, I will say, and it, I, Doug, I think it's an excellent question because having done the job remotely here for for the last uh, nine months or so, um, it it truly does put a lot of pressure on those in the in the Beltway area if the executive director is remote because there's just times where you need to send your advocacy director one one direction and your executive director another to cover all of the you know the activities that are taking place and and we have an advocacy specialist that definitely can help and add value there but it's just the world has opened back up again and I think it's opened up again almost on steroids that everybody's making up for lost time with wanting to have an in-person event, uh, yeah. a screening of a movie, a this or that. I mean, it, there is the really good news is ACB is well, well thought of in the disability community. So whether it be the White House or DOJ or Library of Congress, you know, uh, JP Morgan Chase, wherever we are getting invited to a lot of in-person opportunities. So it, it really does behoove us to have, um, our executive director, uh, it, you know, resident in the office. And it also, I think just gives a real leadership presence to our staff in that office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is going back just a minute. You may have told us Dan and I may have mm-hmm. missed it. But is is the same requirement going to be on the director of advocacy that he be yes. he she yes be yes yes yeah, that, okay. that, that's in the job okay. description that they yeah. must okay they must I, be I must have missed it I just yeah. uh, wanted yeah. to be sure no yeah yeah I, I don't know that I detailed that but that is definitely in the job description yeah okay. this is Chris um, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Uh, Dan, <laughs> but ah. is there, oh, there going to be some overlap between the uh, start date of the new executive director and you're being around for a little bit to help break that person in? Yes, I, I think yes. officially we have uh, we one. have one one month in the budget. One, <laughs> one, one. <laughs> Nancy says, uh, you know, but I, I think. The good news is I'm not going anywhere, so you know I I I plan on, you know, being being involved at whatever level, even as a volunteer, that I can help. Yeah. Okay. Great. Just wanted to check. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything else? All right. I, I have uh, a question. Yes, Terry. I'm just curious. Um, we may have decided this a long time ago, and I just don't remember. When this person goes in as a new executive director, does Dan then become immediate past president? I believe so because uh, I would, Dan, it would seem yes. so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, Dan. Dan resigned as president. I've heard. I've heard some stuff on the street, gang. So I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there. So Dan resigned as president at the behest of the board. We asked him to do this. We did not discipline him to do this. We asked him to help us by doing so and taking this position. So it is my view. And if we have to, there's been some 
discussion around about whether this would in some way violate anything in the Constitution and bylaws or the bylaws. I would say if it does, if somebody really believes that it does, then we need to, at the appropriate time, uh, have a motion to entertain setting it aside so that we can continue to do what's right. So it is my intent that Dan will become the past president um, when the executive director is appointed and after Dan has left any form of salaried position with the organization. Madam President, it would, as, um, as a former chair of the constitution and bylaws committee, it would be my position that uh, there is no violation. And as a matter of fact, since um, Dan was already planning not to run and therefore we held right. an election to which you were elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe when he was hired, we actually discussed this and that was that he would move into the role of past president and then Kim would move out of that role and Kim would right. move out of that role. I can't remember whether we got it discussed or not, to be honest with you, but but that is my intent. Yeah, I do seem to remember that from okay. some of the discussions we had. So, Okay, yeah. Well, could have been in the bar. I don't know. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that is. So if 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 there's anyone who officially wants to challenge that, we need to talk because um, I Dan did this um, to help the organization um, as a favor to the organization. I am very very grateful for it, and um, and I would like for him to be able to serve us as its past president when it is appropriate to do so. As I totally agree with you. Great, great, great. All right. Any, anything else on this? Okay. I don't believe there's any action that the board needs to take at this time, uh, but you can be looking forward to receiving uh, soon uh, the, um, the proposed uh, the draft job description, and we'll look forward to your comments uh, on that. So that will be great. Uh-huh. All right. For the agenda, that completes uh, this portion of the business meeting. If Is there anything else uh, that needs to come before the body um, before we uh, resume the executive session? Unfortunately, I have one issue. I know. Okay. Everybody yes. shudders because I'm up again. <laughs> but virtually every meeting that we've had for the last 16 months. I've brought this issue up. It's the, Everybody says it's going to get fixed, and it still has not. And that's the Join ACB affiliate, to Join ACB page on the website. We've gotten other things fixed on the website, but we still have not made an, any kind of an effort to improve the way that um, people have to happen to notice a thing about becoming a, a member of an affiliate and it, this needs to be resolved and it needs to be fixed once and for all and i don't I'm understand just, the problem I, I don't understand what you're raising there what what is it exactly what it is now is go to the if you go to the website and hit join acb yeah it has a, a like a heading to, I'll say, I, I think it's a two, that's to become a member at large. And it gives you all of the description of what your privileges are as a member at large. At the end of that, not even in a separate paragraph, it says that something to the effect of 
You can also become an affiliate member. Click here to um, go to the affiliate member page. That's still in the small print. It's not included in, as a part of the heading at all. And then the next part is also in a large heading or become a friend of ACB. And so it's, we really are not, we're doing a disservice to our affiliates. And I, that's the point that I've made and people, and we've talked about it on virtually every call and it still has not been fixed. And it just, it needs to be done so or somebody's going to have to, um, take further steps on it because I know there are a few, I know of several affiliates that are pretty unhappy with it. Okay. Um, we will, uh, not going to deal will, with it tonight particularly. Deb, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll take this back to membership steering and see if there is uh, something that we can, uh, you know, okay. bring forward and propose that uh, staff can do to, uh, to resolve this. Okay. Um, and, uh, and uh, Terry, prior to that next meeting of that committee, I uh, I'll get in touch with you because I want to I want to understand more fully uh, what the issue is, and yeah. um, so I can fully report on it. Absolutely, because there's really only a phrase that we need to change. Yeah, and that it sounds like it needs to be a little more, a little bit bigger print and stick out a little bit more. Is what you're saying? Yeah, like. that and and or we could. What we do is we make give them all of the privileges right. of membership as a member at large and we give nothing as far as an affiliate member is concerned gotcha gotcha um we'll talk before the, the membership steering committee Fine. i believe it's on the 11th and so you and i'll talk before then okay great, great. thank you all right, all right. You thank you thank right. you ray that that's very thank helpful you. so that's please helpful. let us know and 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 i think there's you know uh there's no intent here to do anything uh you know, uh, uh, in, inappropriate. I, I think where this came from is this button was put in place uh, because bef before about five or six years ago, we had no way for people to to join any affiliate or so at this was just added. Right. It, 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 and it still doesn't exist. You can't join an affiliate from the ACB website. You can just get sent to the affiliate pages to learn more about the affiliates. But the right. the only thing that the national office has the power to do is to sign somebody up as either an at-large member or a friend of, of right. ACB. And so the board had approved those that they could go over and put in their information and we can we can register them and, and create their records. But I agree with Terry that it, it needs to all be be viewed the same so however right. you all you know right uh, how, however you all spec that out just just send that in through the committee as a formal request and we can we can yeah. send it on to louisville web group to make sounds, the changes yeah. sounds yeah. good totally yeah. good right. yes thank you i have a yeah. i have a question about the membership pages uh that that are on the ac housed on the acb website uh, who is who is managing those uh, those pages now that Kelly is not around to do that? Um, Mike anybody? Johnson, okay. Mike Johnson, with help from uh, Sharon Lovering, and so uh, each you know as you, as we know each affiliate, uh, whether you're a state affiliate or a special interest affiliate, has That's a, a page. dedicated page on ACB.org, mm -hmm. which they have the ability 
to you know tailor yeah. towards their specifications. Yeah. Yes. And if you send in updates, we will get those. Updates. And so those should be sent to Sharon then. Yeah, I would send them the send them to Sharon, and she'll work with Mike to get them okay. get them yeah, put on the page. One. Yeah. Uh huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and as well as all our ACB committees, each have a page as have well. Have a page, right? Yes. I've been reminding our committees that, <laughs> that many of them could Th- use. This the has pages. been the most uh, underused, yeah. precious real estate that we have in ACB. Yes. Yeah, and a great way to advertise who you are and what you do, whether you're an affiliate or a committee. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Madam Chair, I move we adjourn the general meeting and return to executive session. For the purpose of discussing the budget preparation. Exactly. Okay. I'll second second that. Thank you. All right. Uh, All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed?